0: Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Pass the Post. We're back in action. It's still winter, but from a racing point of view, it feels like spring or spring's coming on because it'll all start soon. They'll be trialling on the Tuesdays and we'll have the... Occasional feature race on the Sundays, building, building, building. The man who's going to be with me right through the late part of the winter and all of the spring is Ben Dorries. How are you,
1: mate? Yeah, uh, I'm good, David. I can't wait. And gee whiz, I reckon we've got a bumper show today, haven't we? We've got Larry Cassidy on. I can't wait to talk to him about Go Wonji and all the Brisbane Premiership winners. Tony Golan, uh James Orman and Coles and Taylor to talk about their respective seasons in the second half now. I can't wait to get to that.
0: Yeah, all good stories of their own right. Of course, uh, the Metropolitan Racing season finished yesterday right across Australia. There were no surprise results. There were no close finishes. They were all pretty well-defined in in each state and territory. And we'll we'll touch on that as we go through the show. And as Ben said, we'll talk to our, our, our premiership winners in the second half of the program. And, of course, later in the program... We'll have a look at the Darwin Cup tomorrow. Jerry Daffy will come back with us and join us uh, to have a look at that. He might have a tip for the Darwin Dogs tonight as well. He's a bit of a deft you, hand at the dogs in Darwin. What do you mean, might?
1: Of course he will. Probably tip us the
0: card. The Fanny Bay specialist. Archer Park Racing, of course, present past the post. Great to have them on board again as we go through the spring. Go to the website, archerparkracing.com.au. Everything is for sale is there. You can find everything on the website. Most importantly, they've got a big team at Sunshine Coast today. So good luck to all of the owners with horses in for Archer Park. and You've got plenty of them there too. But my man Chris Wessel says the best is in the last. We've got to be patient. Caribbean King, ready to win second up. It's the favourite, but that's the tip from Archer Park for the Archer Park racing team. Good luck to them. Let's uh, swing into action. We'll go to uh, listed action firstly at Rose Hill Gardens, and this is the winter challenge which was transferred from last week. The favourite was the very consistent crosstalk. End of the straight now, and Cross Talk two and a half lengths clear. Durston railing through from Snippy Fox. Jojo was a man, then Too Much to Bear. Monigal down the outside, but it's a long lead across Talk inside the 200 by three lengths on Too
1: Much to Bear. Then Durston Gold Trip making some late headway, but Cross Talk is well
0: clear. And Jean Van Overmeer pulls off the perfect ride right on the hot favourite Cross Talk by two. Too Much to Bear second. Gold Trip got through for third in front of Oscar Zulu. Then Monigal. From Snippy Fox, Durstiner hit a flat spot late. Jojo was a man couldn't go on today from Charlise and Monagal kissed the bride was near last. These are the sort of horses you like. Uh, seven starts after yesterday, five wins a second and a third. Never missed top three. A horse who makes his own luck rolls forward and that's the sort of horses we see come out of the Waterhouse Bot Camp And and as Darren alluded to in the call, a good ride by Jean Van Overbeer to lead all of the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Take no prisoners sort of ride, uh, wasn't it? Uh, pretty inexperienced horse. Um, really, you know, stepped up to the mark, you know, in great style. And um, Adrian Bott um, was talking afterwards about the Villiers, which I think is newly named as the Yingham mm. uh, this year, which, of course, gives you a golden ticket into the Doncaster. So they're um, already thinking big things. It's just, a, I suppose, it's an interesting time of year, isn't it? I mean, how how... Sort of do you progression to the spring with a horse like this, what do you sort of do? Um, yeah, but terrific run, uh well, where the gold trip um finally got to see him make his debut in Australia after some false starts in in Melbourne um you know he'll be on a cups campaign, no doubt, um you know with sixty one kilos first up there, uh, I thought it was very encouraging
0: yeah the the run was good, a long way back, made good ground, but yeah and Two points about crosstalk. You mentioned at this time of year, it is hard to gauge the form, how strong or not so strong it is, but as well, they'll probably bypass the major part of the spring and concentrate on that village in the summer because he has been up since late May. His first win, or his first win this campaign, was on the 25th of May at Canterbury. Then he went to Ramwick, mid-June and then early July winning at Ramwick and, of course, winning again yesterday. So he's had a good campaign, uh, three from four, and overall Five out of seven. So we look forward to seeing him in the summer cross-talk. Just uh, talking about um, premierships, uh, no surprises there as far as Sydney was concerned. Chris Waller, 154 Metro wins. His nearest rival had 94, so he was 60 clear. And uh, Mac, James McDonald, 105, wins, 31 clear of his nearest rival. So uh, they just keep on keeping on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Chris Waller actually... I mean, Tony Gollan won the uh, Premiership up here relatively convincingly, but Chris Waller wasn't actually that far behind in his, you know, satellite stable in in Queensland. So look, I, I want to say Gay Wardhouse and Adrian Bott have had a good season, I think, as well. There'll be some interesting news, I think, in the next week or two um, surrounding one of their headline horses, the Strabrate with Alligator Blood. Mm. We are still waiting, believe it or not. Uh, I checked with Racing Victoria on Friday, still no answer as to whether he will be allowed to compete in the spring given the um, controversy over his owner. He's banned um, alligator blood from racing in New South Wales. So I don't know what they're thinking about, to be honest. They've had an eternity to consider this. So hopefully they'll make a decision sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And, of course, just speaking of Waller and McDonald, not only, of course, do they... um Hummel their rivals in New South Wales, but they were the Australian, the leading trainer and jockey, respectively. That was Rose Hill Gardens. Let's turn our attention to Morfordville. Their last Metro meeting of the season always hosts the the Lightning. It's uh, programmed as a combined two- and three-year-old over the sprint trip, but there were no two-year-olds, so it was a three-year-old-only race, Uh, a good betting race, as was expected. Extremely lucky, ran the favourite. They sprit up and Kalos quickly raced up. Took the lead now. Royal Dress fights on. Kaladream won't go away. It's Kalos in front from Kaladream. Extremely lucky building down the outside. Kalos in front. Extremely lucky. Went swoosh. Extremely lucky. Flew to the lead and strikes in the lightning. Extremely lucky from Kaladream. She is so game, the runner up. Kalos is third. I am Bene. Scorched earth. Ojo San. Keep reading Magic Max. They are followed at the head of the others by, uh, towards the back, a tiring royal dress in company with unflinching. And then came Magic Max, No Baby, No and Mietta. This horse, extremely lucky, made a statement during the the uh, Autumn Carnival in Adelaide. I won a race at Morfordville, I think it was on Goodwood Day. It just tone, won by four lengths, was put away after that. And Will Clark had obviously pick this race out as a really good starting point for Extremely Lucky. This was an extremely good win when you consider outside gates, stay motherless last and just rounded them up.
1: Yeah, what an amazing uh, turn of foot. I mean, I think um, you know, he's going to give his trainer and uh, connections a few heart attacks with the way he races. But, um, you know, really exciting horse. And I think they're looking at heading off to Melbourne now with maybe the McEwen as a, a warm-up to a race like the Group 1 Moyer mm-hmm. potentially. So... Um, you know, the Moyer hasn't necessarily been the strongest race, has it, over the last, you know, few incarnations. So, you know, a horse like this um, turns up on the day, could make his presence felt
0: for sure. The racing pattern changed during the day at Wolfville yesterday. I think jockeys about midway through the day sensed that the inside was virtually a no-go zone, so they started plotting paths centre-wider. So I'm not saying that flat and extremely lucky's win, but he certainly came down the best part of the track right towards the outside. But whatever way you look at it, It was an excellent first-up performance and he has got a good future. Only the five starts for three wins. And, of course, as the name suggests, by extreme choice. Premiership-wise in South Australia, or in Adelaide at least, uh, Baron Vorster uh, was the the Premier jockey. Had a bit of luck on his side. Take nothing away that he won, but Todd Paddle injured on the way through. Jason Holder out through a disqualification. So they would have been strong rivals. But Vorster, in the end... Uh, kept his nose clean and one with fifty one. They only finished fourth on the table last year. And the other success story out of out of uh Adelaide, South Australia, Richard and Chantel Jolly. They were premier trainers, uh, father-daughter training partnership. They had forty-eight Metro winners. Last year they only finished seventh on the on the, the table with twenty two. So they've made a real impact this year in South Australia.
1: Yeah, great, great story. And look racing history isn't my strong suit. It is yours, David, so you may be able to answer this question. Would they be the first father-daughter uh, metropolitan uh, training partnership uh, partnership to win a
0: premiership. I, I know,
1: think, I think so. Tony Tony and Madison Sears might have won a, a Ipswich training premiership possibly, but I'm talking metro training premierships. So I can't think of one.
0: I can't think of one either. So I think if both of us can't think of one, nah, well, just declare it a well, fact. Well, it's, it's That's right. <laughs> and I'm going to give uh, a more than honorable mention to Kayla Crowther because she actually won the uh, state title in South Australia. She rode a hundred and ten and a half winners. So. She did an outstanding job. But Metro-wise, it was Vorster and Richard and Chantel jollix So congratulations to them. Okay, that was Rose Hill Garlands and Morfordville. Of course, we raced in Melbourne and at the Valley. And again, as I said at the start of the show, no surprises with these final results with uh, Mara and Eustace. Um, they won the, the, the Metro title, the trainers' title, last year with 73 wins. This year, 104 and 60 clear their nearest rival. So as we've been saying, particularly on this program when we talk about feature races, they're they're the the building force. But, you know, Saturday by Saturday, they're they're powerful as well. They're
1: everywhere, aren't they? Which makes me think. I wonder if they'll bob up with a satellite stable in Queensland at at, uh, some point. I know um, Kieran obviously has close ties to Annabelle Nishim who has Mm. a satellite stable on the Gold Coast. Um, But, yeah, I mean, they're everywhere else. Maybe only a matter of time before they bob up with with a stable up here at some point.
0: They were the state's leading trainers, naturally, as well. John McNeil won the Metro Premiership, 76 wins, 19 ahead of his nearest rival, and he shot right up the ladder. Jamie Carr, of course, had that time off, but he only finished seventh, McNeil, last year, so he's, uh, he's gone right up the ladder in a big hurry.
1: Yeah, great jockey. Wonderful person, too, John McNeil. Comes from great stock and has a lovely family, and it's a really nice, I wouldn't say a comeback story, but there was a few months there after he, well, quite a few months after he won that Melbourne Cup, mm where he just sort of felt he was just, you know, he'd reached the Everest of racing. Um, not the Everest as in the race, but the the mountain. He climbed, climbed the mountain. He, and he just was, you know, just struggling to rediscover his mojo and, and just get back to the nitty-gritty of it and, and was just pondering his future a little bit. Uh, but really, you know, put his head down, fell back in love with the sport
0: and, um, yeah, terrific victory, I think, for Jai. And John Allen, of course, was the leading state rider with 130 wins. Let's go to Eagle Farm and we're going to... Discuss this premiership uh, situation in pretty good detail this morning. But first up before that, this was the best performance at Eagle Farm yesterday by horse and jockey. The horse is Gowonji, the jockey's Larry Cassidy. Wanji is so popular and so good that more often than not, he's the favourite for the race. But yesterday, he went in with the underdog status, with delight. All the rage for her, backed off the map into odds on. Gowonji was an easing second favourite. Let's hear how it panned out. Around the turn, 450 left to Rana, and Delight leads into the straight from Plutocrat being shaken up. They're followed then by Northern Knight, Dusty Tycoon, Deference, Fleet Dove. Go now, Cassidy is starting to stoke him up, and he starts to run on strongly down the outside. Delight is the leader, Go getting awfully close now. Delight in front, danger! Go Wanji! Go seven kilos more, went past Delight in one fell swoop, Rolls away, and too good. Go Wanji first, second, maybe Delight, Braves and Jeb put in a dive and festival prince motoring for last in the photo. Then Dusty Tycoon El Buena, followed by Plutocrat. Then came Northern Night Fleet Dove and Deference last over the line. We were only speaking to Larry Cassidy a few weeks ago, in fact, when uh, he partnered Legay uh, Salada in the Glasshouse at the Sunshine Coast. But I think uh, this horse, Go Wonji, gives Larry a bit of extra spring in his step in the mornings because he's ridden it six times. For five wins and arguably should be six out of six. That's a story for another day. But Larry is our first guest this morning. Larry, good morning. Um, yes, good morning, this, David. This was uh, look, we all when we see Gowonji win, he's generally considered you know really good because of where he races in the run. But yesterday, I thought was nearly a career best what he did yesterday.
2: Yeah, I think so too because he he. Um, He was in a race that, uh, you know, is short of his best and, you know, lumping 60 kilos when, you know, another favoured horse who was in form, um, you know, had seven kilos better than him. So, you know, it was a bit of a test and, you know, I was always confident before the race that that he was the best horse in the race and, um, you know, I, I think just, you know, if you're confident like that, you should just stick with your beliefs.
1: Why were you so confident, Larry? Because a lot of people spoke to you before the race, and, and obviously there was a big push for for Chris Munzer's horse, who you know carried the lightweight and was likely leader. But you you were supremely confident even going into the race, weren't you?
2: Yeah, that's right, Ben. I um like probably from from the first time I ever rode him at at Durham, and, um the way he accelerated that day, and I know he had he had a lightweight that that day. I just there was just something about the horse and. Um, obviously, you know, when I rode him as next couple and um you yeah, know, even before yesterday. Uh, just the way he accelerates, you know, there's just not many horses that can accelerate like that. Um and especially, you know, a horse like him where he's where he's able to carry weight and sort of accelerate like that. You know, um you know, and like I said to you yesterday, I've only ridden a couple of horses that have been able to do that. Uh, and that doesn't mean he's as good as them. Um, but, but what it does mean is that, um, you know, he's, he's a well above
1: average horse and he's got better races in store. So I'm going to read you exactly what you said to me, which got a lot of people up and about. A lot of people were very excited. Um, you said to me after the race, there are only two horses that I've ridden that have had that acceleration. One of them is Winx and the other is Unworldly. And for those listeners who don't know, Unworldly uh, won the group one flight stakes in, in 2000. And then you go on and say, that doesn't mean... He is as good as they are. it means I know he is an exceptional horse now that that is a very high i mean clearly you're not saying he's he's in that that, that league, but just to mention those horses in the same breath in terms of their you know acceleration that that's a big yes. statement larry isn't
2: it yeah it is and um uh, yeah, I sort of stand by it because he, he you know he he's very unassuming the way he 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 turns for home and and even yesterday like. I was surprised how fast I got to them, um, and yeah, realistically, I actually got to them and hit the front, which I thought was too soon because he starts, he starts looking around. He does. He's so laid back.
1: And I had, I had uh, someone respond to me, and I asked you this on track uh, just before you left, and, and you told me. But just tell the listeners, you didn't mention Sunline in that no. in that same breath. Explain to our listeners why that is. Yeah, see, she didn't. She didn't have a sprint. She was just, you know, fast you know, fast, early
2: in a race and just, just ground her rivals um, into the ground. So, yeah, that, that's, why, that's, why enough, um, that's why I didn't mention her with a, with a sprint because uh, she's a, just a totally different horse.
0: With Gowonji, he's won out to 1,400 metres. Um, we've seen him, you know, like yesterday, very effective at 1,200. You know this horse intimately now. What do you think his best distance will be? but you you would think the way he races that that he would run
2: sixteen hundred and and I'm sure he will um, you know but yeah you know, i'm I'm thinking sort of fourteen to sixteen hundred is ideal for him
0: and did Tom give you any indication post race where he might be headed next or what the the, the short term plan is or long term plan?
2: not really um, i I think uh, yeah a while back his long term plan was was civilians, but um, you know, with, the, with the bit of a hiccup with the barriers and what have you, I, I, you know, I, he may not get his rating high enough to be able to get into a race like that now um, because it's just been elevated to a $3 million race so mm. I think you're going to need a very high rating to get into it so um, yeah, look I'm not sure I, I um, didn't really get a chance to speak to Tom after the race so I'll usually give him a bit of a, bit of a call on a Monday and just um, you know check, check in and see how things are and what his thoughts are but obviously you know their main their main thought is with the horse um and um you know which it always has been
1: it must just give you apart from how good this horse is just a lovely warm feeling in your stomach too larry riding for these lovely people T- tom Dool is an absolute gentleman pure horseman yes. and, he, and his father is cut from the, the same cloth they're just wonderful racing people aren't they oh for sure the whole
2: family um you know from tom's wife and his children. Um, yeah you know, and obviously john you know, they' they're they're great um they're great horse horse people too um you know which is a big thing yeah you, know, you only got to look at Joe you know, Wanji. he always looks immaculate the way he's turned out and um you know and and to be fantastic people you know as well it's just a pleasure to ride for them and and I feel very lucky that i was um that that they rung to actually ask me to ride them. um so I do feel very lucky there.
1: How did that actually start, Larry? Like, was there, a, Did you have a background with the family or was, it, was there anything leading to that phone call that, that you know, got, got you the ride on this horse to start with? Not really. I've, I've uh, you yeah, I've ridden for Tom um, a
2: few times when he's brought horses to town um, a while back. And, uh, you yeah, sort of always, um, you know, he, he's got distinctive colours. So, yeah, sort of always watching his horses. And obviously I knew, knew a little bit about Gowonji, um, you know, in the months leading up to that. And, uh, yeah, just out of the blue, um, uh, he'd rung my manager and, you know, my manager rung me and said, oh, you're riding, you know, this horse on Saturday, Wanji And I thought, oh, God, that's good. So I was pretty pleased to to be able to actually pick the ride up on him.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Good day for you yesterday as well, apart from Go Uh A good, honest mare, contrition. Uh, she got yeah. up at $13 in the fourth race. I think you made a comment post-race. It was, at least it was a, a staying race where the tempo was was genuine, so... No, no jockey was getting itchy fingers as I often say in broadcast. Content with pace and position, it panned out well for you. But in the end, she she beat her rivals pretty comfortably.
2: Yeah, she did. She she got away from them the last little bit, um, and I, I think she she had taken really good improvement from uh, the run two weeks before, and and obviously stepping up uh, to the mile and a half was a was a big help to her. And um, you know, again, she was prepared perfectly. Um, you know, she she seemed more relaxed actually yesterday. Going to the start and and round the barriers, where two weeks ago she was a bit on the go and uh, a bit sweaty, uh, and you know she sort of took that forward and 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 sort of you know, I suppose labelled that she could um you know stay very well, and I think she's got reasonably good things in store because I think there's good improvement in her too as she gets um you know six months down the track. Yeah,
0: a fellow Kiwi Paul Jenkins, he, he gave you a wrap out race. He said he's a good old. E X Kiwi Jockey, Larry Cassidy. <laughs> see the old comes in now. See? The
2: old. Yeah, that's all right. It's... I'm getting on a little bit, but um uh yeah, that's just part and parcel of life, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> we
0: all are. Uh, this association with Go is, as I said at the start of the interview is great for you. Hope it continues and continues successfully. We'll talk soon.
2: yeah thanks very much.
0: Thanks, there is, guys. There is Larry Cassidy joining us this morning. Wanji's campaign this year has been a, a strange one to look at because, of course, he raced uh, to the early part of the summer. He had his spell. He then came back. To be fair, the the, the plan has been always very guarded. There's never been any, uh, you know, high or lofty plans in the autumn or winter with Wanji, so he's just been going through his grades. It's going to get interesting soon. He I think yesterday was a, a rating... 80, a uh, handicap rating, so he'll probably get four or five points. he get about 84, 85. Where does he go next?
1: I don't know where he goes next, but I know what he'll be winning next year, the 2023 Stradbroke Handicap. Well, that's a very big statement. Well, I think he will be. That's a yeah. very big statement. Stays on his feet, keeps going through the, keeps going through the grades. Um, I think he's, you know, if he can get into that race in good form, He's made for a strawberry. So
0: you had to make a big statement on your first day back, didn't you? I don't don't mind that. Better than sitting on the
1: fence and getting splinters in my bum.
0: I don't mind that. But from a short-term point of view, and, you know, we're talking so much, maybe we should have spoke to Tom as well this morning, but he'll probably have a bit of a chat today uh, with with his dad and and the family. And Every 2 trainer wants to win a Wheatwood. The Wheatwood's uh, in late September. So it's, you know, again, the the timing is all, all, you know, a bit out of Kilda, but... it'd be hard to beat in a week when he's won in Toowoomba. Fast run race. Imagine him just peeling out at the turn and just going whoosh down the outside. I think Tom would like to win a week, but...
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think wherever he goes, I'm looking forward to seeing him. And I'm sure... As conservative as they've been with his placement, I'm sure the the bar will be raised in the next six 12 months.
0: He made a good point, Larry, when he said that day at Duma that he rode him uh, when he went over the 1350. He said the acceleration, and you've made a a, a fair point out of this too, how he's compared the acceleration to a champion like Wings. I remember that day calling him. I've never seen a horse go up so comfortably Someone said to me after the race, he just looked like he was on one of those movaders, just going along and just going two to everyone else's one. And, it, and, and if you watch the replay, it is like that. He's he, he once he gets to them, you know, you know, he's not going to get beaten.
1: Well, it was like that yesterday, wasn't it? I mean, he just went past them like they were standing still. I, I got to say, I mean, I know this is easy to say in hindsight, but I, you know, I did declare my you know <laughs> my go wandy ticket, I suppose, before this race. Gee, where's the betting? I mean, mm. Chris Munzer's horse got into a dollar seventy. And Go Wonji $3.70? I mean, wowee. I mean, it just looks like... I mean, again, you look like a smart-ass saying this in in retrospect, don't you? But, I mean, I I don't know how we got out of that price. It's just completely beyond me.
0: Well, just on Delight's performance, who was the favourite, there's two ways to look at this, and there's always two ways to look at these things. Was she disappointing or simply was, you know, has she run to what she ran the other day and Go Wonji is just better? Probably the latter.
1: Yeah, a bit of that, but she did get beaten home by Brazen Gem a forty-one dollars yeah. chance, so and, like, uh, and you know, no, she was. She certainly wasn't
0: terrible. Um, no, may, I think she was, may have had enough as well. Yeah. She, she's had a, a fairly good preparation, a fairly uh, long preparation. So we've discussed Go Wanjie. Let's listen to some more replays, and we'll have, we'll chat with our our Premiership players at the second half of the program. Let's go to the eighth race of the day. This was a really good betting race, and the two best back runners were Looks Like Elvis and yet again Paladess. In the straight, though, the leader was Invinciano. At went in on the outside, trying hard. Then came Red Chase. General Dubai going back to the rail. Zennifer. Paladas is just struggling with the sprint. Went on to his. Looks like Elvis coming with that big run down the outside with that big weight. Tokariki Lad coming through as well. Invinciano grabbed by Tokariki Lad. Looks like Elvis and Love Tap is bursting through to the inside. They go to the line. Love Tap a little too good for Looks Like Elvis and Tokariki Lad. Invinciano weakened late. Then came Paladas. Every chance again, then fighting T.O., followed by Zennifer at Witsend and Red Chase out at the tail. Love tap for Richard and Will Freeman and Kyle Wilson-Taylor. He made sure the day ended in great style. He won the last race as well. We'll listen to that shortly. But love tap, a horse who's always had a rap on it. Um, sometimes hasn't quite delivered, but certainly delivered for those as back as yesterday.
1: Yeah, it did. Um, but, gee it? everything the sort of playbook was thrown out the window early. I don't think Kyle was anywhere near where he wanted to be in the field and just had to be patient. But uh it's funny how you just pick up little things from being at the track. This here's a little one for you. Before this race, um Brody Loy, who didn't have a, a ride in this race, he's quite good mates with Kyle Wilson Taylor. And, and they were sort of walking out and, and Brody said to Kyle, he said, You're on a good horse here, I think you can win this race and It's just an interesting little insight, you know, just a rival jockey he had no interest in the race, wasn't wasn't riding uh, this thing was hardly the favourite. It was, I think it was maybe maybe $10 into $8. So, um, yeah, SF, Sydney form again, David.
0: Jimmy Orban was going for a treble. Just missed out. Looks like Elvis was very good under the big weight and coming from back of the field. Tukariki lad who knocked everyone out first up two weeks ago. Showed it was no fluke. He's run well again, so he looks like he's in for a good campaign. Paladas, they should, honestly, bookie should build a statue for it. He's got life. Life. L I F E Well he had life with me a long time ago, but there's been a few who've just kept on putting the hand in the pocket. But five dollars to three fifty yesterday and had every chance. Let's go to the last Metropolitan race of the season. Big field here and Field Weary for Richard and Will Freeman was the four dollar favourite. The big field comes up to the turn. 4.50 left to run. Great offense will turn into the straight in front from Yestream being shaken up. Driver deal pulled out to come after that pair. That feels better diving to the rail. Charlie's case making ground. So is it able. Here's Field Weary starting to wind up at the right time and Pentino putting in a bit of run as well. Great offense on the inside. Field Weary the outside. Then came Pentino, Ghost Rider and Chatty Lady. Great defence is trying to hang on to the rail. On the outside, Field Weary. And here comes Chatty Lady. Chatty Lady, right over the top of them. One of the lucky last. Beat home, Pentito. Field weary, grey defence. Then Ghost Rider, Invincible Tears. Charlie's case, that feels better. Crack of doom, driver deal. Pixar beans. King Hammurabi and I yes, dream. And whipping them in, most dazzling. And Davey goes home with a big smile on his face, with Chatty Lady winning the last at nine dollars. You beauty,
1: yeah, and it finished like that's at Burnbury, didn't she? She was uh, she was unleashed late, and uh, Mark Curry after the race wasn't that surprised. He said she's just uh, going places. She's in really good form. I think his stables are uh, in good form as well, and I see a couple of starts earlier beat Fearnord, who mm. won earlier in the day. So that um, you know, punters were taking the line through that. Uh, they definitely would have found this filly.
0: Well, she was good at, at Doom. That's the race you talk about three weeks ago at the thirteen fifty. Finished strongly and a very good win yesterday. When we speak with Kyle, we'll, we'll talk more about her. But uh, she gave them a long start. It just shows to go that just shows that you know, that Eagle Farm strides a long way home, and uh, uh, sometimes they get a little weary up front. But she was there, putting in the good strides and getting the money. Let's go to the seventh race. This was a strong class six, but in the end, it was an upset result. Bell Academy tackled by Osamu on the outside who raced up and hit the lead. The move's in hot pursuit. Burning Crown, trying to run on. Windside was wider. Asamu's going well. Look at Red Ruby darting through at odds. Red Ruby's after Osamu. Down the outside, Windside, Then the move at Shilla Bay. Osamu is gone. Red Ruby swept to the lead. And the real Red Ruby stands up today. Bolted in from either Windside or Shilla Bay. Goals were possibly fourth. Asamu sat down late. Burning crowd had its chance. So did the move. Then mischief managed Sid's footprints. Nicola Beagle, followed by Bella Catterby, who was last over the line. Riding double for Sam Collins. she was successful on Fiona, which we just mentioned. And uh, coming up, Trumps on Red Ruby, who last raced disappointingly the Sunshine Coast but on a very heavy track and 1,200 metres just wasn't a factor. But putters uh, dropped off a, in no uncertain manner. Twenty-one dollars, twenty-six to twenty-one, but. Again, this is her K, but fast run race, coiled away, and just allowed to present later. She's got a great turn of speed.
1: Yep, absolutely, and keeps on the uh, winning run of Steve O'Day and Matt Hoisted, who obviously have a big team in Melbourne. Scolopini ran so well last week. Interesting runner on the Sunshine case there today too, David, in the first race, Merrily, mm. uh, boom two-year-old, having her first start, I think, $1.60, so keep an eye out for her early in the day at the Sunshine
0: Coast. I must mention, too, with Steve O'Day and Matt Hoisted finishing third on the Metro table, but what they can't take away from them is their strike rate. It's still outstanding, and they've maintained that 26% uh, right to the end of the season, so they, they deserve full credit for that. And I think they're a stable, too, that uh, this season coming up, which starts tomorrow, I think we'll see a, a, even a stronger presence, and the fact they're now taking horses interstate, uh, the, the, the team is building in profile.
1: They place their horses so well, don't they? Here's an example. Uh, they're going to have, I think, five, six horses rolling through Melbourne, but the early part of the spring, they're, they're sort of staying away from the, you know, the blockbuster races, just trying mm. to pick off some races
0: in the early spring. I think it's pretty smart. Our last replay from Eagle Farm yesterday was the race that Nord won. Here it is. Apple Tart is the leader. Lime Soda driving up on the inside. Tillian coming at the pair. Feodor into the clear. Hassan first is a mile back. Meanwhile, Tillian reached the lead. Feodor looked the only danger at the 100 metres. Feodor on the outside, laying down the law Tillian Am, who fights on. Feodor edging away. Beats Tillian Am. Rhiannon third. Hassan first, fourth, but never a chance. Then Lime Soda, Apple Tart. Put on the red light, didn't deliver. Then shag on the rock. Well-backed, Mashani untamed. Then came Solid Star. Bon Cassie and Just Vera last over the line. Fianor could be considered a little unlucky in that chatty lady race three weeks ago. She ran to some traffic in the straight after a a, a fair run here at Eagle Farm. But Sam Collett, first leg of that riding double, gave her a good ride. She, of course, is raced by the Grimish family. The Grimish family colours, the the black and silver diagonal stripes. And, of course, she's out of the Grimish's great mare, Red Tracer.
1: Yeah, nice win. Uh, I thought Tony Gollins. Uh, girl Tilly Nam was very brave yeah. uh, in second, sitting outside the leader. From came across from the wide barrier, lugging fifty nine kilos too. So I think she'll uh, win more races in Brisbane.
0: Other winners yesterday: C Marie bounced back to her best form. Deficit came with S F Sydney form and won the second. And Billionaire Baby. We'll talk to Jimmy Orman about that uh, youngster winning the third. But let's go to a break here on Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Back with more interviews in just a moment. This is past the post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Welcome back to uh, past the post for Archer Park Racing. They see him there. They see him everywhere. He's Bundaberg one week, spotted in Darwin. I, I presume that's correct. Tony Gollan, our premier trainer, is on the line. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. How are you going, guys? Are you in Darwin? I am. Yes. Holiday. How is it up there?
3: Yeah, it's been really good. I did a bit of fishing the, the first part of the week over at the island and. Come back over to, to Darwin and lunch on, on Friday and at the races yesterday. and you know, The hospitality has been fantastic, people, people have been
0: great and enjoyed a good day's racing yesterday. Have you been up there for the race the, the carnival before?
3: No, I haven't. Um, I came here nine years ago, just right at the start of the week for a Burnborough Club lunch, but I left on the Thursday. So it's the first time I've been for the weekend, but I'm out today, so I'll miss the cup tomorrow.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Another premiership. I was saying uh, the racetrack yesterday on on the public address. I couldn't quite remember how many in a row you've won, so help me out.
3: I think it's nine now.
1: It is nine, Tone. Congratulations Congratulations again. If you had to nominate your favourite moment of the season, be it a a race win or something, you know, I don't know, an achievement with a horse that came from nowhere and, and won a good race, what would it sort of be,
3: do you think? Well, we had a really good year. I mean, Jonka won the Manicato very early in the season, in the spring last year, in what was pretty, you know, tough times. You couldn't get down there, etc. With COVID and whatnot, but yeah, you know, that, that was, really, you know, a massive highlight because it you know, made that horse a stallion, which he stands at Ackworth Farm this year. But outside of, of that, cause I wasn't actually on track. It had to be Isotope in the Sprint on Magic Means Day, you know, coming back from colic surgery, you know, fresh up into that level of race and to be able to win was. It was, a, it was a massive um, thrill for all of us, particularly the staff and all the owners, considering that we weren't sure if she would race again at one stage, so it was fantastic.
0: You're always a hard marker of yourself, you, uh, which is, is a good thing. As I said, 90 Metro winners, you're, you're ninth in a row. Uh, the season coming up, do you plan anything differently? Have you got anything different in mind in terms of travelling in the state, more or less? Yeah, we've got a,
3: a few more horses going away this spring. Just the horses that reach their, you know, their ratings mark in, in Brisbane. Really, they're you know hundred plus raiders, and they're a little bit hard to place in our summer carnival. So we will take a few of those away. They're the likes of Isotope Baller, Zoo Style, uh, Vega One, you know, um, young horse called Natuno. who had a way to try and chase some spring riches too. So we'll have a bigger team in the spring than what we've had previously, and obviously we're able to move around a lot more freer now with without COVID restrictions makes that, you know, pretty exciting. So that's something we're looking forward to. Uh, look, and this season, you know, ahead, as opposed to the other, I think it's been a really weird season last season. I mean, just the, the weather in which we've had to prepare horses and train horses, we've had poly track racing, we've had all sorts of changes movements and movements and whatnot, and you've really had to think on your feet. And I don't think I've ever jumped so many horses out on the dirt at Eagle Farm, so we've done a lot of things differently to what we, we, we would have normally done, you know, in, in different sort of time so it's been a it's been a very funny year uh, the weather has played a, a huge part in, in everyone's stables not just mine but you know you had to really think on, on the run and hopefully we have a little bit more of a uh, back to more normal weather uh, so we can you know, prepare how we used to
0: you mentioned those horses like isotope and baller because you know them well we know them well as well the two knows the you mentioned the word exciting this is the exciting one because this is the the very good, the unbeaten two-year-old, ready to launch in a three-year-old season. We haven't seen him since the Ken Russell Classic. Just tell us what happened after then, and is he back in the stable? What's happening with him? Yeah, he is. We,
3: we put him away after the Ken Russell we are always going through. I had him mobbed for some of the better two-year-old races, but I sort of was never really going that way. I was always happy to pull up stunks. I think you would have seen David when he was racing. He was very much a work in progress. He was a little bit of an aggressive horse, and wanted to rush things a little bit, and even when he won at the Ken Russell, I don't think you saw him at his best that day. He was probably at the end of it and, and raced on what was a very heavy track. Um, he's back in work, he trials on Tuesday, have another one a couple of weeks later and heads down to Sydney for the San Dominico fresh up at the end of uh, August. Okay.
1: And, and, Tone, something new, I guess, for the new season. You've got a new um, jockey on board, uh, Angela Jones. You've had a lot of apprentices through your stable. Uh, she's a three-kilo claim. Obviously, had her first Saturday metro ride on, on the move for you yesterday, which... Um, you know, um, I think you know, finished out of the placings, but she's an exciting rider. And I spent an hour with her and her partner Kyle Wilson Taylor the other day. Seems a really level-headed kid. Um, you know, going places
3: hopefully. Yeah, no, she's really good. She's a welcome addition to the team. She, um, I've sort of known for about a year that there was a good chance of Anne's kept progressing that she'd come down to us, and we're at the stage where we're looking for a, we're looking for another apprentice, particularly three kilos that we we thought could, you know, work through their claim nicely and also. Make it on to being a senior rider, and she probably fits that bill. She's got a fair way to go, obviously. at Three kilos in town, so she's very inexperienced against the senior riders in the city. But she'll have that that allowance, and, and she'll get good support from our stable. She's a really nice young woman. She's a very good worker. You know, she enjoys she enjoys what she does. Uh, she's very easy to work with. So, I should be a welcome addition to our riding ranks, and look forward to seeing her progress. You know, we've had I've had Bailey notice obviously come through years ago, now a few years ago now, and you know, watching Bailey. Improvement and progress throughout his riding career was, was fantastic to be a part of, and hopefully we can do the same thing for Ange.
0: Yeah, good comments there. You're always very good with your time. Congratulations on your ninth premiership. You beat Waller by 16. Watch out; he'll try and beat you next year.
3: I try and beat you every year. That's that's part of the it's part of the game. They told it? you every that. Year you to,
0: yeah, you did. No, you did. And <laughs> I'm glad I held him off to
3: 16. I, I could, you had me worried there for about 30 <laughs> <Yeah>. seconds. But, <laughs> yeah. No, look, it's it's always, every year's harder, and I mean. Racing in Queensland is bloody strong. And, you know, Chris has got a big team up here now. We want to have house we'll be stable with we'll straight wide. And there's plenty of other stables, you know, that are really starting to get going well. You know, um, Oday Hoist there, they've got a pretty good team of horses too. And there's plenty of others there. But, you know, we just worry about what we're trying to do. Um, you know, head down, bum up and try and repel everyone
0: again for another year. And it'll no off-season for us. It'll starts again on, on Wednesday. Off we go. You're a great ambassador for Queensland Racing. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, guys. Tuesday. There he is, Tony Gollum. Well, Tony Gollum expects to win premierships uh, when you've won nine in a row. Uh, this Our next guest, uh, I think this is one of the, the best performances around Australia over the last season. That's of Jimmy Orman, who won not only the, the state title, but he was the leading metropolitan jockey, finishing on, I think it was 78.5, wins 11 clear of his nearest rival. This is a great achievement, and Jimmy's been kind enough to join us this morning. Mate, good morning. Congratulations, uh, in the last few weeks, you were always in the box seat to win this, but you're home and Hose now. It's done and dusted. You've got it. You must be really proud of your achievements.
4: Yeah, good morning, Dave and Ben. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, no, I'm very proud and sort of glad it's over now, I suppose, and on to the next year, and hopefully we can uh, keep improving.
0: The, the question I put to you, the previous season, you finished fourth on the Metro title with 52 this time you've come up on top with 78 and a half. What do you put down to the, your increased or dominance or presence in metropolitan racing? Oh,
4: look, I always laugh when I hear um, something Noel Keller says in the jockey room when he rides the winner. He always says, fast horse, fast jockey. But so, I don't know. Maybe that's got something to do with it. Been getting on really good horses. And, um, yeah, I think that's got a big factor with uh,
1: my success this season. Jimmy, were you always going to be a jockey? I um, retold a funny little uh, story in the paper today. Uh, Ross Stanley did a column many years ago and spoke to your mum, and she said you used to, uh, you know, at school, dress up as a jockey in the, you know, the the fancy dress parades at Book Week every year. So, obviously, you, you had it in your blood. Uh, but, but you know, was there a time that you were going to do something else, or were you always going to be a jockey?
0: Uh,
4: I always... Um... Sorry, I just got someone trying to call me here. I always... Um... Envision myself being a jockey. Yeah, I just I had mum and dad sort of tell me, oh, you're probably too big, you know. So I was in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I can't do it, you know. But um, yeah, like you said, I went to every dress up day as a jockey, um, and yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do. I'm glad I've got the opportunity to do it, and yeah, living out a childhood dream, I suppose.
0: I mentioned this was a great achievement. What I didn't mention at the time was that. You finished on top, both state and, and, and metropolitan. But how long did you have out during the, the middle part of the, the racing season?
4: Yeah, um, December. I think it was about December the eighth. I, um, I was fresh, I was really starting to build good momentum, and I come off the back of a double in town. And then uh, on the Tuesday after the bad day, I come off in the trials, and yeah, fractured my hand. So that put me out for um, six whole weeks, and. I come back probably before I should have, to be honest with you. But um, I think it was six weeks between race rides, and um, my first ride back was was in the Magic Millions, which run fifth. So, in hindsight, probably should have waited another couple of weeks. But I'm glad I did because um, that sort of it might, might have been a lot closer in the Premiership if I waited
1: was there one moment that stands out above all others to you in your season? You know, one win on a horse or, or one particular moment that you, you hold close to your heart? Um, oh, look, a lot of, a lot of um,
4: parts were were good. I, I thought I was going to win a group one there for a few strides. And the, um, the, on Rothfire and the, uh, I think it was the 10,000 or the Kingston Smith, I think it was. So that was a, a big thrill even though we got beat but um, yeah I, I think that's not far away but um, probably just winning maybe on for James Cummings on character or um, some of those wins on Prince of Boom were really satisfying and um, yeah I've been lucky to ride some nice horses a few of those wins I've ridden for Tony Golan and Kelly Sweet a majestic colour in the in the guineas and um, riding Capital Tower was a bit of a highlight as well so yeah look. Couldn't say one major race, but um, it's been a lot of lot of different races that
0: have been been highlights. And I think it's also worth pointing out, Jimmy, that uh, the association with the Chris Wallace stable as well has been good. But all of these, you put them all together, and, and you know they're, they're all like one percenter, so to speak. But they all add up to what has been well, certainly your best season. How old are you now? Uh, Twenty-five now. Twenty-five. Uh, yeah, gonna...
4: uh, like you said, it's been the last two seasons have sort of been a. I had a good season as an apprentice, obviously won the apprentice premiership and run third in the um, premiership that year. But, um, yeah, the last two seasons I've really built on, on um, what I've done and I'd be good to improve again from what I have this year. would be awesome.
0: Yeah, as I said, a great achievement and uh, you're a very, very deserving winner. Thanks for joining us this morning, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Jimmy Orman joining us this morning, and this is a great story. This is is a great story.
1: Yeah, I used a word uh, in a story I did in today's Sunday Mail uh, that I think sums him up. Understated. I think that's what he is. Mm. He's just, you know, there's no fuss, no fanfare, no pushing out the chest, Uh, you know, no fancy business. He just is who he is, a kid from the country doing his best, and, you know, he's just taking it all in his stride, really.
0: I remember when we had one of our first uh, press Christmas parties, and he was sitting there... He only just started riding. And you know, I might have been riding a year or something like that. And I thought to myself, he hasn't got much future. He'll be too tall, too tall or too heavy. But I, and he sort of alluded to that in the interview there, that, that even his parents said, look, you know, it mightn't work out, but it has. And as I said, putting all those things together, the, the acceptance from the good stables, uh, getting on the right horses, it all adds up. But the fact that he missed that time during the summer and can still clearly win the premiership, uh, he's uh, And then the other point is, he's a very good rider, but you've also got to get the ride. So, you know, he's a lot of support from the trainers he mentioned, like yeah. Schweder and Waller and Gollum. Very, Im-
1: very important support from Chris Waller, who I know for a fact really
0: rates him highly. A good result. Well, it's a very good news morning, isn't it? And let's continue that because Kyle Wilson-Taylor, who had a great day yesterday, was the champion apprentice, Metropolitan Apprentice. He's our next guest. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Um, Well, how are you, most importantly? Uh, You must have left Eagle Farm on cloud nine yesterday.
5: Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, It was a great way to go out and finish the season, Um, you know, with a double and, um, like I said, the job's done for this season. So, um, yeah, I I was quite happy about it.
1: It, Kyle, it was a fascinating rivalry and friendship that you had with Jaden Lloyd. I mean obviously he he fell away in the in the later part of the season when he was suspended, but you were you were sort of touch and go there for a lot of the season. You're good friends, but also fierce rivals on the track.
5: Yeah, a hundred percent. It's um it's a weird dynamic. Um, but yeah, me and Jaden are really good mates and I'll be honest. We we probably weren't for most of this year. We we probably didn't really talk as as much as we did the year prior. We were sort of inseparable the year prior, and uh, all this year we sort of, um, you know, it's sort of hard to be hard to be friends and, and as fierce competitors as what we were. Um, you know, as jockeys, we're very competitive, so that sort of took over. Um, but we're sort of we're back to how we were before, and I think we're both glad it's over. We're
0: talking about um you know uh, a season we've spoken to tony and also to, to jimmy orman what was your highlight of this this season just gone apart from the fact that you won the title what was your your best racing highlight
5: i think i think riding five winners is in a day at doomben um mm. that was um, i don't think too many people get to do that um and i was just lucky everything sort of fell into place that day and um yeah i on that day i didn't feel like I could do anything wrong um it was it was an incredible feeling. it just felt like um you know obviously racing's a great leveler and there's plenty of lows, probably more so than highs, but on that day um I felt that I was invincible and that there was nothing I could really do wrong, which was um you know it was it was a great feeling but um it's obviously not how it is, but on that day it did feel that way
1: what's been the biggest improvement do you think? in your riding, Kyle, because I spoke with you at length the other day and, and, you know, you said basically when you started off, which was a while ago now, admittedly, but you said you are effectively useless on, on horses. Yeah, you're far from useless these days. You're a fantastic rider. You know, going back, charting back through the last year or two, what's, what's been the biggest improvement in your riding? Um, well, thank you for that. But, yeah,
5: in the beginning, um, I... I was, yeah, I didn't know how to ride a horse and, and whatnot. And, and even when I began race riding, I was, I was useless. I used to be back and go around horses or I'd lead and that would be it. I was sort of one dimensional. And in the early days, my boss, Brett Dodson, he was really instrumental in, in getting me to ride tactically and, and whatnot. And, and then further on to Dwayne Schmidt, who was another good boss of mine that, that um, you know, got me tactically going and, and toughened me up a bit. But um, I think... Just slowing things down, not overthinking them, um, and not overcomplicating things, and just just slowing it all down, and, and really starting to feel at home in the metropolitan ranks, and, and knowing that I deserve to be there. Um, things started to flow a lot easier when I didn't didn't overthink it or overpressurize it. So, um, I think I've got a lot of improvement yet, um, but I, I just think. There really wasn't that much to it. I think it was just slowing things down. I, it's, I live for this game. Um, it's, it's, I live and breathe it. It's all I really love, you know. So, um, I think it's just having that mentality of, of obsession and, and just, and working at it really.
1: Uh, it's funny, I was just about to ask you that, uh, Kyle. I covered cricket for a long time, and, of course, Mike cussie was known as Mr Cricket. I think we're going to have to start, start calling you Mr Racing. You are obsessed with racing, aren't you? You, you dead set live, breathe, it's uh, your, your whole life. Uh, and you told me an interesting little story the other day uh, when I visited your, your your house. You said, like, even sometimes I'll, I'll watch a race at Thangool or something. I'll watch a replay You know, when I talk to the jockey, you rode the winner, and and the the jockey's just staggered that you sort of actually watch the race. But, you know, you're watching, if you're not, you know, track work or riding races, you're watching races on on Sky Channel or watching replays. It it is your whole life, isn't
5: it? Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, uh, I really have a lot to thank this this sport for. It has saved me in a sense. Um, And i i don't know where I'd be without it so um it's taken me from you know it's taken me across the country it's um you know provided me with you know a way of income and it's just it's um yeah you know, I'm just very thankful that I have it um some people don't get to do the job that they love um and it's not really a job it's a lifestyle but i I'm so very thankful that I have it and to um be somewhat successful at it. This, this early in my career and life I, I'm just, I'm very thankful and I, I feel that I I have to um, I sort of have to have the approach to it that I do because I probably owe it more than it owes me
0: I don't think we need to say any more my congratulations and continue what you're doing because you're doing it extremely well thanks for this morning
5: thank you for having me guys
0: good on you, Kyle Wilson-Taylor joining us this morning I would say listening to that man then is a lot different than what he would have been saying 12 months ago
1: Yeah, I know we've got to move on to Jared Daffy. I want to make the point. That person who we just had on that show just then, Cole Wilson-Taylor, he is a good human being. Mm. He is a good jockey. He's a good fella. There's been a couple of knocks uh, about his character over the years. No, no, no. That may have been Cole Wilson-Taylor once upon a time. He was a bit of a ratbag when he was younger. You only had to hear the passion in his voice and the thanks that he gave. That was was an exceptional interview, David. And anyone who doubts Cole Wilson-Taylor... Should replay that and have a
0: listen to what he said. Yeah, I think to to, to end it, the words speak for themselves. Well, that was uh, Eagle Farm yesterday, and we moved to a new racing season as from tomorrow. However, speaking of tomorrow, it's Darwin Cup Day, always a big day, the highlight uh, of racing in Australia, attracts a lot of attention. Jared Daffy's on the line now from TAB. Jared, good morning.
6: Good morning, gents.
0: Hey, um, big day tomorrow, of course. Always the last race, uh, great carnival. Market-wise, just tell us what's happening.
6: Well, up until last Friday week, living the dream, there was a lot of queries on it. Um, It's with the connections, uh, Gulberti, the trainer, and the owners, the same connections that have uh, struck gold up there with It's a Him uh, winning the Cup twice. But he went into that metric mile last week with some pretty serious question marks over where he was at. Uh, but he soon dispelled those. He was $11 to win the Darwin Cup before that. He was into eight after it, and that reacted punters. Uh, they took that. He got into 450. Once the field was finalised on Wednesday, I think it was, Wednesday afternoon, he got into favourite. He was $3. He shortened up again, so he's now $2.80, and clearly the best-backed. Uh, behind him in the market, we've got playoffs for Gary Clark, Uh 320 out to four dollars. Uh, some of the others there, Out to Australia, number eight, eight into seven. It's been a sprinkling of interest in some of these roughies, but you quite often find that in the Darwin Cup. Uh Vallabar, another one of the Gary Clark runners, number eleven, been 31 into 17. Venting, uh, Paul Denton. Well, anything Paul Denton's on is always going to attract support in the top end, and of course Kerry Patrick trained the Derby winner with Denton, the rider, two weeks ago, 15 into 13 there. And a little bit of interest in the bottom one, Wicked Addiction, 31 into 26. But be fair to say, uh, irrespective of what we see over the next 24 hours, that Living the Dream is going to go around favourite and a pretty heavily back favourite as well.
0: Well, tomorrow morning, of course, uh, normally press room's on, but it'll be uh, Greg Radley and Andrew O'Toole. First half hour, they'll talk to all the major players. And then in the second half hour will be the big preview, and you'll be part of that with, with all of the prices. Hey, just before you go... My uh, partner in crime here has been rather quiet. He's desperate for a tip for the dogs tonight. Not Is one. Did, I'm, I'm yeah, desperate for about eight tips for the dogs.
6: tonight. Well, it's please. the Darwin Cup tonight of the greyhounds. I know so many people who are doing the double head. I wish I was here to do it. So, just on the cup tonight, uh, twenty-five thousand to the winners. Big money uh, on offer for a, for a greyhound race. So you know, so far away from the city centres, major city centres, but. Uh, Sky Channel have a pretty good coverage there tonight, Jason Lincoln uh, is there on course to provide late mail before re- each and every race, so that's a nice add-on to tonight's carnival I thought the red would win the final, lucky Lance, but the big odds are gone he was $7 in the opening market, he's into $3.70, and I thought uh, one of the Queenslanders for Jetta Cutlack Showdown was the Danger out in box 6 at 4.20 I think the favourite can win, but it was just under the odds when it was odds on, it's getting out Manzu, out to 2.10, but one, Lucky Lance from Six Showdown. I think if you back both, I'd be pretty disappointed if you didn't get a collect.
0: Fair enough. Good on you, mate. We look forward to hearing you tomorrow morning. Thank you. There is he Gerard Daffy from TAB joining us. And, yes, as we've said, 8.30 Queensland time tomorrow, the Darwin Cup big preview with Greg Radley, Andrew O'Toole and Gerard Daffy. Let's close off the show and have a listen to the feature spread in Darwin, traditionally run on the Saturday, the Palmerston spread, $4.60 the field. Here's the replay. Inside the four, they come around the turn at the three. El of the leader,
6: but the captain the top weight, he loomed up on the outside and put the pressure right on. Sink line's right there, Royal Tyke needs a run Master Rady the inside, Smuggling's running on with Easy Beast,
0: but on the outside, Sink line got to the lead over the captain, coming on, Smuggling but getting away close to home, Sink line Ty- driving it to the line, and Sinkline wins it. Sink line by two on the line to Smuggling, oh it'll be Tyke the third, you had getting home late Easy Beast on the outside of Royal take a photo. Closer to the inside, the captain. He ran a big race. And then Eastwood, Mighty Mert, closing off from our Luca, uh, Well back ideas, man. Back in behind those military zone. Master Hardy knocking up and Devil's Temptation at the tail. And Jared Todd Sinkline, Gary Clark take out the feature this afternoon. Of course, Gary Clark was the premier trainer in the Northern Territory and Jared Todd was the premier jockey. They teamed up with Sinkline. Austin oh, was start his career with Chris Lees. Uh, but uh, Gary's had it just over a year and... Uh, uh, big big result there yesterday.
1: Absolutely. The moment of the Darwin Carnival for me so far, though, has not been on the track. It's been when uh, Brendan Sweeney walked back mm. through the gates of the Turf Club. He had a shocking fall there um, last year, more than a year ago now. He came within seconds of dying. He's, he's had all sorts of problems. He's got a, an ongoing brain injury. The Darwin Turf Club's flown him back up there. Uh, it's the first time he's been to the races. I spoke to him on track. I did a story for RaceNet the other day. It's uh, just so emotional to be back around his, his jockey mates. So I thought that was a really uplifting story. And I must finish to David with uh, sending our best wishes to uh, Leah Kilner and her family. Uh, there continues to be positive uh, news there. She posted some pictures for the first time on a social media account the other day of, of her and a little dog, um, you know, which was nice. She faces a, still a long recovery, but there continue to be uplifting and positive signs. Mm. So the whole Queensland and Australian racing community is right behind you, Leah
0: exactly right, 100%. We've had a good show this morning.
1: Ah, oh, well, actually, come, I, enjoy, come, I enjoy working
0: with a you, David, objection. believe it or not.
1: And you know what? I've been talking to Max Fowler for 10 years at the races. Great old Max, great old bloke. You know, where's the Robbie Fraud cap? And, you know, I enjoy talking to him all the time. I only worked out yesterday as your father. How yeah. bad am I going?
0: And when, when you told me this morning before we came on here, you said I knew his uh, surname was Fowler <laughs> and you still didn't put it together. It says more about you, mate, yeah. than, 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 than Max. Anyway. Good on you, mate. There he is, uh, Ben Dorries, uh, joining us this morning. He'll be with us right through the spring. Um, week by week, it's going to get bigger and better as far as racing, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne, is concerned. Thanks for your company this morning. Of course, no press room tomorrow. We've had a few weeks off from press room. Well, I have at least anyway, but look forward to being back there on Monday week. Have a good day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.